Welcome to Communitas Church. We are a church who are seeking to love God and love people and serve others. If you are a little kid, there are a bunch of people who are ready to have a bunch of fun with you out this door. So if you are little, you can go ahead and hustle this direction. And uh, Jeff and Bailey and Beth, Naima, Chris and Sarah are going to be there to hang out with you and teach you all kinds of fun things. So, Father, we thank you for um, these little kids and all that they get to learn and come to know and grow in you. And we thank you for Jeff and for Bailey, Beth, Naima, Chris, and Sarah for all that they're going to do and their willingness to serve our community by teaching our kids. Um, Yeah. That's a, that's a big amen and a big thank you, because their task is far more difficult than what we're about to do in here. So good morning. My name is Mike Gary. If you have not met me before, uh, I'm one of the pastors here, and we are doing a new sermon series this, starting this week, and for the next few weeks we'll be studying the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, We just got out of what Bob has called his swan song, uh, where we uh, talked about falling in love with the Trinity and what that looked like. And so what I thought we'd do today is we'd study, we'd start looking at Ecclesiastes and we'd kind of go through that. Uh, So what I thought in kind of typical form, what I'd do is we'd read the We'd read the chapter just so we all kind of have the broad understanding of it. Um, We kind of know where we're going and what what all we're going to talk about. And then we'll kind of go back and we'll pluck verse by verse, kind of go through and and talk about those verses a little bit more. And uh, But what I wanted to do first, just to kind of remind us, it's summertime. I know we're in the Brainerd Lakes area. There's a lot to do. We've got family that are coming in and out of town. And, uh, you know, not everybody makes it every Sunday because... You know, when you've got a bunch of people staying at your house and you're water skiing and you get up in the morning and the lake looks like glass. Um, yeah, sometimes it's just it's tough to find the time, right? Yeah, okay. All right, here we go. Uh, so just so if you, if you missed any of it, uh, so for a couple weeks, Bob was just talking about this idea of the Trinity and, and he talked about just the grandeur and the beauty and, and the, the inner working and how, um, you know, just the, the three in one. And then we talked about the Father and how uh, you know there's 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 this changing reality with the Father. And he talked about this idea of of behold, and that you know we're supposed to take it in. It should raise our awareness of what's happening. And Ecclesiastes is really going to kind of start to unpack the how of this. And if you remember, Bob's one of the things that he said was, "I don't want you to only talk about communion with the Father, but I want you to have an experience of that communion." And then he talked about the Holy Spirit and how that makes the love of God tangible and how it's more than just a good idea, but again, we have to have this encounter. And then we talked about freedom and service and mission, and we brought up, you know, what are, these, what are the great affections of our heart? And then with service and mission, we talked about guarding our heart and, and how our life is to be a resonating chamber for the love of God. And I think this was my favorite part of the last couple months and, uh, and what, what Solomon really gets after here in Ecclesiastes is that the human soul is designed not for no, but for yes. It's, about, it's not about what's not in your life, but having a Christ-centered, 
gospel life as the yes that we proclaim. So the human soul is not designed for no, but for yes. And it's about having a Christ-centered gospel life. Be that yes. And so some of us may begin to wonder, you know, how? How do we get there? There's this, there's this wall, there's this block. And, and Solomon, through his life experience and, and through the book of Ecclesiastes, is going to give us some insight into how we get there um, and, what, and what we're going to be about. So, if you, uh, if you have your Bible and you want to read along, we'll be in Ecclesiastes 1. If you've got uh, the Bible on your mobile device, feel free to pull that out, and, uh, and we'll get to reading. And so, like I said, we'll just read through the whole thing, and then, and then we'll come back. So, Ecclesiastes 1. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What does man gain by all his toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises, the sun goes down, and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Round and around goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which is said, see, this is new? It has already been, it, it has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that has been done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be counted. And I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me, and my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I applied my heart to no wisdom and to no madness and folly. I perceive that this is also but a striving after the wind, for in much wisdom is much vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. It's a real upper, right? Two months of talking about the greatness and the beauty and the glory of God, and then that. One thing that we miss when we go through chapter by chapter is, is we don't always get to see the great story, right? And so one thing that, I, that I, I hope that we would continue to kind of grow in our ability to do here at Communitas is when we read the scriptures to be able to see and to identify and to come to know the different characters and to see the way that, that the, 
the chap the the verses work within the chapters and the chapters within the book and the books within the greater story that the Lord is is telling. And so I think that we would be remiss to not kind of give a give a little nod toward the ending to this. So this isn't Solomon's main message, right? So I'm going to do what uh, you know. We're going to kind of do the the opening. This is going to be premiere week, and then we're also going to look at at the season finale real quick. And I just want to read you. Uh, chapter 12, verses 9 through 14, just so you kind of have an idea in the back of your mind of where Solomon is going with all of this. So after he says, vanity of vanities, all is vanities, you know, it's much vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow, he ends with, besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The preacher sought to, f- uh, the words of the wise are like goads, like nails, firmly fixed are collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books, there is no end, and much study is weariness to the flesh. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with even secret things, whether good or evil. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for these words. I thank you for the hope that you've laden in this message. I pray that we continue to see the glory and the grandeur and the beauty of, of who you are in the Trinity through these words and through these next couple of weeks. Amen. So um, I've had a few jobs in my life. I've spoken about some of these jobs. Uh, one job that I had was I was a used car salesman. I don't know if anyone knew that. And uh, and so, you know, it's, it's commission-based, so you want to sell a product. You want to make some money. And in, if you've worked in sales or if you've worked in jobs that you know, require you to sell something or make something or do something to make money, there is kind of a motivation to do what? Make money, right? And uh, the, the owner of our, of our car lot, his dad had been a salesman and he bought and sold cars and had homes and all these different things. And uh, we're chatting one day and he's He's this old guy, right? And he kind of comes up and, and we're chatting. And he's got this brand new car. It's looking pretty sweet. I mean, he's a couple years old, but, you know, still in really great shape. And we're chatting. He's like, oh, yeah, I just picked this up for super cheap. I'm going to, I'm like, oh, is this going to be kind of the, the retirement car? He's like, oh, no, I'll probably just, you know, I'll sell it or not. I don't, I don't really know. And uh, so we get to talking a little bit more about it. And, and he's like, yeah, I don't, um, you know, I've, I've gotten to the point in my life where, you know, I know that I, I have enough. And uh, whether I, I sell the car or I don't sell the car, you know, it doesn't really matter. To drive it is a lot of fun. And if I sell it, I, I'm still kind of a salesman at heart. And so, so that's fun too. He's like, but what I've, what I've come to realize is that, you know, I, I don't need it. I have enough. And I, I learned that a long time ago. And it helped me to be a better salesman. And, and uh, we talked about some other people in our business that, you know, hadn't quite learned that. And uh, it was really sad because then, Shortly after that, we kind of saw the way that the business um, kind of crumbled. Some of the different partnerships in that business crumbled because some people were okay with serving people 
and making money, and some people just wanted to make money. Um, but, you know, we all have these moments in our lives, right, where we have, you know, these different, uh, these different times where we, you know, we want to have, you know, there's more out there. There's more that we can do. But there's also this moment where we start to realize, you know, what is enough? And we start to see these, these circular patterns that, that Solomon starts to describe. And so maybe some of you are wondering, okay, Mike, so uh, why are we talking about Ecclesiastes? Like we had this, all this upbeat stuff, and now we're here, and it's like these limitations, and what is enough, and where are we going here? And, and what I think is really important, and what we're going to see is, is Solomon, is he kind of uses his life experience to point back to this greatness and this grandeur of, of who God is um, and, and what life in him is like. And he's going to take his own experiences, and we'll see this in the weeks to come, but like, he did a lot of stuff. Uh, Solomon was a king, uh, lived roughly 3,000 years ago, had more wealth and access and privilege and, and wisdom than any of us could ever imagine. I think sometimes we think, oh, you know, you know, we kind of have what uh, what C.S. Lewis calls um, like a, I don't know, it's a chronological arrogance or whatever, where we kind of look back and we go, "Oh, nobody knows what we had." You know, like nobody can, nobody understands where we're at right now. Um, but Solomon is going to totally debunk that. And if you think about, you know, um, I don't know if anyone has ever known a king. So Solomon was was king, and uh, you know, plants forests, does all these things, and so. He knows and has experienced and done all these things to like to the nth degree, right? I mean, he lived, he he's going to parties and he's leaving tips the size of our annual incomes. Um, you know, he's got wealth and I mean, he's, we're talking he's he's you know he's got audiences with with kings and courts and and queens and people are coming to him and seeking his advice and he's been from the time that he was born uh, tutored by people that would make Harvard professors you know just just look like utter fools. And so that's, that's kind of the background here. And so he's writing this uh, later in life after he's experienced a few things. And it's sort of this, you know, this, this come to Jesus moment where he's, he's, he's seen all these, all these things. And he's, he's kind of like, hey, I, I want to I wanna tell you some things. I want to teach you some lessons. These are the things that I've observed. I want you to see some things through my perspective. And in doing so, I hope that you would come to understand who God is, and the importance of having a Christ-centered worldview. Um, you know, so it doesn't, it's not going to address so much where we've come from or where we're going, but he's going to start to answer that question of, of why are we here? And what's going on? So chapter 1, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Did anyone pick up the redundant words there? Okay, vanity, right? Some translations, if you're reading along, uh, might say something like meaningless. Okay, but it's this, and so we start to, you know, if you're, if you're reading this, it's like, man, this is, this is kind of depressing. Like, what is, what is this all about? And part of it, it's, it's not so much, so the, the word that, that he's using here also kind of brings about this idea of of a vapor. So it's not meaningless like it's 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 more kind of like it's not lasting. So it's like 
It's like smoke, where eventually it's going to dissipate. It's, it's going to fade. There's an ending. And so it's really important. You know, so in Scripture, when we read, things that get repeated are really important. Uh, you know, King of Kings, Lord of Lord, Holy of Holies. These are the, the holiest of things, you know, the, the, the greatest king, the, the greatest Lord. Vanity of vanities. And so he's saying, there isn't a way that I can express to you just like the, the importance that you understand this, that there's this vapor, that your life is, it's smoke. It's, it's here, but it, it's not going to last forever. So what does man gain by all the toil which he toils under the sun? Generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises, the sun goes down, it hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Around and around goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. We live in the land of 10,000 lakes. We live in the Brainerd Lakes area. Uh, so how many of you have spent like a moment sitting next to a lake? Ever, ever, just, you know, or by a body of water. Uh, you know, so this earlier this week, I had the privilege to go visit Eric at work. Um, I love seeing where people work and where they live and what they do. And uh, so we got to sit out um, on one of the one of the cabins that he's working on. And I remember we're just sitting there and, and as we're praying, we're watching the the waves just lap up against the shore and just thinking about, you know, those waves were doing that long before Eric and his dad built those cabins and they'll be doing it long after. And it's not to say, Hey, the, the earth is going to last forever. It's just to, to put into perspective. Like there are, there are things in this world that are happening that should point to the grandeur and the greatness and the beauty and the, the eternal nature which belongs to God. And so compared to that, he says, all things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. How many of you have seen things that are pretty amazing? You know, you go on vacation and, you know, you see something and it's, it's totally awesome. You take a picture of it and you bring it back, and you remember, and it conjures up these images. But later, you know, you, put, you maybe put it in a photo album, or you save it on your hard drive. How often do you look at it? Not very often, you know. And, and when you look at it and you show someone else, you're like, hey, check out this picture of this place where I was. Like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't resonate. Or, you know, another way of thinking about this, if anyone, you know, like, you're on Instagram, or you're, you know, you do a Google image search, you're looking at things, and, you know, you first start looking at it and you go, gosh, this is like, I remember the first time when I figured out you could do a Google image search on something and you could come up with all these, you know, you type in a word like, oh, I type in Solomon, you get a bunch of pictures of what different people think about Solomon and you go, oh, this is really cool. And then it becomes really commonplace or Instagram. The first time you're on Instagram, like, oh, this is neat. Like, look at all these things that these people are designing and they're doing. And like, you know, you see that same person an hour later, just, yep, Cool. Pinterest, you're like, yeah, how many more of these clever things can I look at? And it's, it's not to say that those things are bad, right? But eventually we just kind of go, yep, that was cool. I just want to get my idea. I just need to know how to make brownies 
in a different way than Betty Crocker and move on with life. And then hearing. Songs, right? We've got some people that, that like music. We have some people here who've, who have lived long enough to, to go through a couple cycles of music. Does anybody else think that some of today's pop music sounds really familiar to music like 30 years ago? Does anybody, you know, so if, or if you're, if you're my age, like so the, the stuff that was really popular like 10 years ago kind of had a little bit of a, a vibe that was about, you know, kind of a, a refreshed thing from 30 years prior to that. Like there's just this, there's this cycle, you know, that we go through. It goes from whether it's, you know, the long ballads to the, to the short songs and we get back into the long ballads to the short songs, you know? And we, we hear these songs for the first time and we think, oh, this is really cool. I remember just like, oh, I'm going to, you know, if you're in a band, you're like, I'm going to find the sound. We're going to get this niche. And it's just kind of the same thing, right? You know, like there's, there's only so much you can do with, with six strings and a box of wood. You can do some incredible things. I mean, like if you've watched Nathan up here on that five string, I mean, there's some cool things going like John Servine. Yeah, watch what that guy does. But there's a limit to it. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of what, what is said? See, this is new. It has been already in the ages before us. So he's not saying, you know, he's, this is not to say that Solomon was like, oh yeah, I've got an apple. I've got an apple too, no big deal. You know, or, you know. This is not what he's saying. He's not saying that, oh, I've got all this new technology. I don't have, you know, he, he wasn't driving around in a, in, a, in a Beamer hybrid. You know, like that wasn't, this isn't what Scripture is saying. What he's saying is that, yeah, there's going to be technological advances, but it's all the same sort of thing. It's all this, you know, we, we want to make something better so that we can do something different. You know, it's all this chasing after time and, and, and not coming back with anything else. And it's the same, you know, the same pattern. Like how many of us today, uh, you know, did anybody cook eggs and maybe, you know, get some butter for on the, you know, or on their toast? Anybody use butter this morning? Did you churn that butter this morning? Okay. Like we just traded, we got a different technology. So instead of churning the butter, now we refrigerate the butter. And so it's, but it's the same, you know, so we're going, it's, it's a, it's a production, but it's not, you know, there isn't any, an eternal nature to it. And we think that, okay, now that we've got refrigerated butter, whatever this technology, whatever this, this is going to bring about, you know, okay, I've got, I've got the ability now to check my email on my phone and do all these things. And that's better than, than what it, when it was to type it, which is better than it was to write it. And we think that there's going to be this arrival you know, this point chronologically where we go, oh yeah, bam, we figured out the world's problems. We're awesome, kick back, and, and just do our thing, right? Like this is this, is this lunacy that, that we think. Not all the time, but a fair bit of the time we think this. And the thing is, is that we weren't made for that. We weren't made for a finite, you know, we weren't made for this time right here. We weren't made for... Uh, you know, to, to stop. We weren't made to, to grow to a certain place and stop. We were meant for the eternal. Our soul is meant for yes. And that yes 
is communion with God. Eternity has been grafted and crafted and drafted into our hearts and into our souls, and that's what we've been designed for, and that's what Solomon is pointing us toward here. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things, yet to be among those who come after. Does anyone remember who won the World Series in 1985? I don't. Does anyone remember who, who won the World Series last year? The Cubs. Big, big deal, big deal. It's the Cubs, right? Um, but... You know, 10 years from now, if you ask somebody who won the World Series in 2016, uh, was that the year? You know, so like, we this big thing, these main events, soon fade away into a distant memory. Uh, I, I read one kind of witty proverb one time where someone says, if you really want to challenge your memory, think about what you were worrying about a year ago today. And so even, you know, and if we think about the moments that are changing and shaping us and, and we maybe think right here, oh, there's this problem, there's something going on. If we thought, you know, if a year from now, are we going to remember it? There are certain things that we will remember, but then there's certain things that in time fade away. I heard someone else ask it this way. Who knows their great, great, great grandfather's name? He's a really important person in your life. Without him, you're not here. But we don't remember. And that's not bad. That's just, you know, and Solomon isn't saying that's evil. It's just, hey, this is just kind of the nature of, of life. And that's okay. And so he's, he's written kind of this poetic intro. Then he, he reintroduces himself and says, I, the preacher, have been king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I have applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given the children of man to be busy with. So what are the things that we, get, that we go after? And he's saying, he's, he's making this observation. He's saying, there's all this stuff that we go after. And it's usually, if you could probably sum it up into about six different things. We chase after money. We chase after power. We go after sex, we go after religion, we go after adventure, and we go after knowledge. Are any one of those things in and of themselves intrinsically evil, or is God upset with any of them? No, not at all. Like God isn't standing up in heaven when somebody gets paid and goes, oh my gosh, I can't believe that one of my children is making money. Never said that. One of his kids you know, jumps out of a perfectly good airplane to go parachuting. He's not like, what are you doing? Maybe. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's wired us for this, right? Like some of us, it's just like we can't get adventure out of our heads. Okay? Power. Like, yeah, I think, I think God knows a thing or two about power. He put all the power in the world into place. Knowledge. Yeah. He's, you know, he's crafted us to have minds and to have brains and to engage in the world and to think and to enter into, you know, philosophy and, and science and all these things. Religion. Yeah, so this is, I know this is kind of a tricky one for church. Like, we're just like, uh, where's he going to go with this one? So I don't know that Jesus really came for a new religion, but rather to bring the kingdom. And so a lot of times what happens is we as people skew this whole list and we turn it into these 
these odd things where God looks down and say, it's not that I don't want you to do that, I just don't want you to do it like that. I made you to worship, I want you to worship, I, you, I just don't want you to worship like that. Sex, same thing. You know, Let's remember that what was God's original intent? Two people hanging out naked in a garden. Be fruitful and multiply. He didn't look down and go, what, what are you doing? He said, nope, that's good. I said that was good. So these are the things after which we strive. These are the things that we, you know, maybe not, maybe not everybody on here goes, yeah, I really identify with adventure. You know, some people are like, I just really want to work hard and make money, and that's good. There's a good way to do that. And some people look at, at that and they go, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to go have adventure. I want to go travel the world. I want to do different things. I want to see things. That's fine too. But I want you to look up here and just be aware of what are the things, what, what on this list, what are the motivations and those driving things in your heart? Where do you see yourself? What captivates you? What kind of gets you going, okay, yeah, I really, you know, maybe, maybe for some of us it's knowledge. It's, yeah, we want to we read a lot of books. We want to become intelligent. We want to we grow. We want to we know some of these things. That's okay. But Solomon is going to call us to examine this. And we're going to get to that more in weeks to come and in in a little bit here. It says, And I have seen everything that has been done under the sun, and behold, here's that word Bob talked about again. So behold, take it in. So we should be taking this in, raising our awareness. All is vanity and striving after the wind. So if you're looking for your identity, in money, power, sex, religion, adventure, and knowledge. Solomon is saying, you're going to come up short. I know because I tried it all and it didn't work. I wondered if there was a way to get over this wall and to experience all that there is under the sun and be satisfied apart from the Lord. He says, I tried it and it didn't work. And I want you to know that so you don't make the same mistake that I did. He says, what is crooked cannot be made straight and what is lacking cannot be counted. And I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me. And my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. And I perceive that this is also but a striving after the wind. For in much wisdom, and much vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. So where, where do you find yourself on that list? What sticks out? What's the yes that you're trying to live into? And when you bring it before the Lord and you start to think about how He's created you and how He's created the world to be, you know, a lot of us, we, you know, we maybe use what's been given to us in these areas in ways that are beneficial to us, but the Lord has ways and has intended it for us to use these, these ways and what he's, been given, or what he's given us in ways that are not only good for us, but are good for all people and for all time. And so most often, we, you know, God and, and Christianity kind of get this rap for being this, this religion of, of no. Um, 
And we've earned that, while we're being honest. You know, we've earned that. That's something that we've done to ourselves, I think. But it's also something that we can redeem. And the way that we do that is, is in this moment, we look at this list, we think, and we, we ask the Lord, you know, what's going on in my life? And we start to think about the way that the Lord has, has created us and, and created all of us, not just individually, but us as a collective body, as Communitas Church. And, and what are we going to do about this? How are we going to take this, this vapor this, this life, and how are we going to live it in such a way that it becomes you know, a, a resonating, would Bob, what would you say, a resonating tunnel for, for the love of God throughout eternity? And so we're going we're gonna to be here in Ecclesiastes and we're going to wrestle back and forth with this kind of, um, you know, this, this speculative book for a couple weeks. We're going to be thinking about a few different things. Um, and as we do that, I want us, this is, this is an okay time to think and, and to ask questions. And if you're, you're in here for the first time today and you're thinking, I thought Christian churches were going give to out, give out happy messages. Um, we're going to get to that and we're going to get to the redemptive plan that the Lord has. So my encouragement to you in this upcoming week is I want you to spend some time thinking about these things. I want you to spend some time going through that list and pondering what is it that I'm engaging in you know, that, that's fruitless? Or how am I engaging in these activities for my own gain? Because God has he's made you for yes and He's given you desires that are good and sometimes we execute them poorly. And so what is it going to look like to execute them well? Some of you are coming to this a little bit heavy and you're wondering, man, the next couple of weeks, I don't know if I can bear to have a bunch of messages about how life is meaningless and that I'm a vapor. Um, and, and you're going to wonder what's going on. And, and to you, I would offer this message from Jesus that, that complements what Solomon is saying and gets to the point. He says, come to me, all who labor and who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Right? What was the lesson that, that Solomon was trying to teach? He says, fear God and keep his commands. This is the whole duty. And Jesus is saying, yeah, just follow me. I'll teach you this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, or humble. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And continuing Jesus' message that, that complements and goes along with this idea that Solomon is, is, is preaching, Jesus says, I've come that you would have life and have it abundantly. And so Solomon isn't saying, hey, you know, I did this and you're an idiot for doing it and God's going to send you to hell on a shutter. He's saying, no, look beyond the sun. Get over the wall. See what is there. See how you've been created and what you've been designed to do. It's bigger and greater and grander and, and there's more beauty out there for you to experience than, you can, than you've ever thought. 
you're going after this low-hanging fruit thinking, oh, I'm just going to go and whatever, do my thing and, and just live for myself. And, and Solomon is saying, you've got to get this. I did it, and I did it better and bigger and farther and crazier and kinkier than you ever will be able to do. And I'm here to tell you that it, it wasn't enough. My soul was still parched. And the only thing that satisfied the craving was life in the Lord. So what's it going to look like for us as a church to do this? Wouldn't it be great if we got to this point where we looked beyond the sun and our identity, and this isn't, you know, this is something we're going to work on from now until forever. This isn't, you know, something we're going to master now because master one thing, something else is going to come up. It's the way that it's the way that it works. And the great thing is, is that Jesus says that He gives grace all the more. And so, what's it going to look like for us? And wouldn't it be great if we began to work together in this? We walked with one another in a way where we were able to speak life into one another and to talk about how we're using our money, our power, our knowledge, our sense of adventure, our need for, for spiritual things, and our relationships. Wouldn't it be great if we looked at that within ourselves. So, like I said, take that week. Take this week to just to think about that and to be honest with yourself. Look inside yourself. And for some of us, it's going to be the first time that we've done that and there's going to be this still, small voice that Bob talked about, the, this, this Holy Spirit and this idea that, um, you know, and also so for some of us, this idea of having an encounter, that's going to be a new thing. Struggle with that. Wrestle with that. Sit in that. It may be difficult, but that's good. That's okay. We're here to walk with you in that. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for these people. Thank you for the message that you have given to us through Solomon. It's, it's tricky. It's different. It's a different book than, than a lot of, of what we read in Scripture. And so I pray, Lord, that we would continue to wrestle with who you are, what you're doing in and through us, and that we would take the time to listen to your Spirit and we'd see what is going on beyond the sun. We'd see what is out there and what is available for us here and now. And Lord, may we have an encounter with you May we be people who are changed by you and through our time with you and with one another. Amen.